Laudato Jesus Christus. This is Father Ripperger of Superior the Society of the Most Sorrowful Mother and Spiritual Director of Liber Christo, inviting you to join the instructors Kyle and Dan, and now your host, Jesse Romero, at the Liber Christo War College, where you will receive instruction and briefing on Catholic spiritual warfare. I'm Jesse Romero, your host, bringing you some high-information Catholic spiritual warfare based on 2,000 years of Catholic tradition and teaching. Liber Christo is providing this show, and uh, Liber Christo, we provide education, consultation, and the development of case-specific protocols and spiritual weapons for bishops, priests, deacons, mental health professionals, and lady involved in the perennial cosmic conflict between good and evil, raging for the souls of men. For more information, just go to LiberCristo.org. And with me today in the Liber Christo War College Situation Room, are the, two, are the two instructors here at the War College, Dr. Dan Schneider, our resident theologian and linguist, and our strategic elements expert, joined by Kyle Clement. He's the case facilitator and administrator for the Society of the Most Sorrowful Mother. Kyle's our, our expert on weapons and tactics and spiritual warfare. And all of us are under Father Chad Ripperger, who is the Superior General of the SMD. I am proud to be uh, united with these uh, these uh, men of valor. I want you to listen to a short lecture, then we're going to have a conversation on it. Father Ripperger is going to talk about the way there's been this, um, the, the Protestant models of deliverance ever since the Vatican, Second Vatican Council have infiltrated the Catholic Church and they've become the norm for Catholic deliverance. I want you to hear Father Ripperger. I um, would like to, uh, on Catholic liberation, I want to talk about the structure of authority again. We talked about it, I talked about it last year, but there's going to be a little bit of a difference that I'm going to take in the approach with it. There'll be a bit of review, a bit of review, but it'll primarily be a question uh, or a, a discussion about how demons attack the authority structure not just what the authority structure is and how you use it against the demons, which we'll talk a little bit about that, but the actual attack that they do on authority structure in its various ways in order to undermine it, in order to strengthen their own positions in the spiritual warfare. So that's gonna be somewhat the approach that I'm gonna, uh, that I'm gonna take. It's gonna be a bit technical in parts, and that's because of the fact that the discussion that's being had about, uh, specifically about whether lay people, what they can and cannot do, um, and also even what priests can and cannot do. They're, they're, this, it's, spec it's specificity that is the key thing that we actually need. Um, many of you have heard me say that in spiritual warfare, precision is everything. We see this even in normal warfare, all of us, took a certain amount of delight when we would see them dropping bombs down the chutes, you know, over in Mideast. And I'm not supporting the war, neither am I saying it was bad or good. I'm just saying that we, there's a certain satisfaction, especially men, I suppose, get in seeing a bomb go down a chute when that's when they were shooting for it, right? Well, it's the same thing in spiritual warfare, that its precision is the key and the precision is not just in getting the particulars out of the demons. For example, during session in solemn exorcism, the goal is to get out of the demon completely, because a lot of times they'll give you part of the story, uh, precisely what it's going to take to get them out. In the end, that's the real end goal, is to get them to give you that specific information. As human beings, we don't know it. But it also means that, as we'll see in a little bit, that demons actually function within a structure themselves. And this idea that somehow or another just marauding, random going about is actually not the case. They're extraordinarily consistent um, based on a few things. Their consistency, as we'll see a little bit later, is based upon their natural law structure in their own minds and wills. And it's also based upon the fixed aspect of their uh, choice. And then the third thing is upon the circumstances and determinations that God has made in relationship to the spiritual the dynamics of the spiritual warfare in each and every case. So it's an external thing. So the first two are internal, the second one is external, but it's all about precision. 
This means that, and this is why we're going to, that when we get to certain parts of the theological discussion of this, it might seem a bit tedious, but we're actually going to be dealing with stuff that's very specific because the demons are, uh, as the exorcist who taught me, they're lawyers from hell. Literally, they know exactly what the law is, and they're looking. They're and they know exactly how it functions. So it's all about precision and the understanding of that, and knowing how they can get around it. And uh, barring grace that God gives to the particular exorcist, if he's not familiar with um, the church's tradition on how demons function and even how human beings function, for that matter it's going to not turn out well because of the fact that the demons are going to get make a lot of hay. Now, if he keeps principled and keeps to a certain focus, he, his knowledge doesn't have to be as extensive as, say, someone with my degree of background. But he does have to have a certain amount of knowledge about how this stuff works. And so that's one of the reasons we want to go into it, because the attacks of demons is always in the context of the precision about how the law, how the structure works. And they know that and they know that they have to attack it within that because God won't allow them for our benefit, ultimately. Okay. Before we actually talk about the structure of um, authority, I want to talk a little bit about uh, a historical precursor, which is a bit of a problem. Historically, um, once modernism began to infiltrate the Catholic higher educational institutions, the seminaries and universities, especially in the 30s, 40s, and 50s of the last century. What happened is, is that infiltration resulted in an uh, a lack of belief in diabolic influence. Or as one bishop once said to me, he says, oh, I believe in the devil, just not in my diocese. So they tend to think that the, the demons are extraordinarily restricted, which may or may not be the case in particular circumstances. In fact, we all are noticing today that as time goes on, it's getting, more, it's getting worse, right? The amount of diabolic influence is increasing, and that's because human beings are opening up the door. It's the human beings that are opening up the floodgates to these things coming out, to the demons coming out. Okay, so what happens is, is when modernism got into the seminary during that time frame, the, uh, the bishops, uh, the priests, that were being trained came to the idea that because they didn't believe really in diabolic influence, or if it was, it was so extraordinarily rare that it was just it never was any in anybody's life really. So what they would so they came to the conclusion therefore that a vast majority of and this is just about the time when the in the psychological community they're trying to argue that all of the behaviors that we're seeing with people in relationship to diabolic influence is in fact just psychological. Now, it's true that some of it can be psychological and some of it is psychological, especially in cases where you have disassociative identity disorder. It's very easy to, if you don't know what you're looking at, there are actual specific criteria which you can simply look at. There's an easy way to actually discern that um, between DID and actual possession. But if you don't know what you're looking at, it's very easy to misinterpret that. On the other hand, there are certain things that... Uh, that you can't explain away psychologically. So, for example, someone levitating or changing shape to the point where it's physiologically impossible for a human being to do, or knowing languages that they've never even heard or studied. These are things that are beyond psychological. You know, someone levitating is not a psychological problem. Okay. So, that being the case, um, so, but with that idea though, that um, because of the um, parsity, of the experience of a lot of the of the priests, the bishops, etc., in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, of direct diabolic, uh, they didn't deal directly with the diabolic, with the direct diabolic influence in an extraordinary fashion. What happened is, is they came to the conclusion that it was all psychological. So the church in the 50s and 60s drops the ball, with the exception of a few exorcists like Father Candide and um, Candido in Rome and things of that sort, a few here in the United States. Aside from a few of them, the church completely drops the ball, and any time anybody had what could be considered a diabolic problem, they were simply sent to a psychologist. We'll go see a psychologist, that's what you need to do. And so what happens is, in that vacuum, 
where the church drops the ball and basically the bishops and the priests were being derelict in their duty and helping people spiritually to help them fight the spiritual warfare. In that uh, dereliction um, or lack of help, what happens is, is the people start to, two things convert. The people start turning to the people that are actually fighting it. Well, who's fighting it? The Pentecostals and the charismatics in other religions. They're the ones that are actually engaging in this. And it's like anything else, if you're being diabolically attacked, unless you're extraordinarily principled, you're gonna just start looking around to find anybody that's gonna help you, especially if you're uh, you know, not approaching this from a spiritual natural point of view, where you're recognizing that the possession of the diabolic attack could actually be to your spiritual benefit. You just wanna get rid of it, and so you'll just go to anybody that'll actually help you. So you have those people who are actually doing it, so the Catholics start going to them to ask for the help, and then at the same time, the theological underpinnings of things like how you discern whether something's diabolic, authentic, or human, how you actually understand the spiritual structure and mechanism, the spiritual life, all of that collapsed under the weight of the heresy of modernism, and the two of these converge, and so what you have now is, um, and actually for about the last 40 years, is Protestant practice among Catholics. And this has become a bit of a problem. This is one of the reasons why I've spent so much time trying to get people to recognize that, look, the church had worked all this stuff out in the past. We need to go back and see how they're actually understanding these things, and that will give us an, a sense of how we should approach this. And this is nowhere more important than the area of authority. Why? Well, for two reasons. The first is that demons operate completely within the authority, authority structure. They know when they have permission to do something from God, and they also know who has the authority and who doesn't, who has to be obeyed and who doesn't, and they will, um, and to what degree they have to be in, in relationship to what things they have to be obeyed, and they know this perfectly. And so if you don't have a sense of that structure, you're likely to get a bit taken advantage of it. It also means that they have full understanding that if someone has stepped outside of the authority structure which God has established, that person is vulnerable. This is exactly what he was trying to do to Eve. He was trying to get her to step out from underneath the authority structure of not just Adam, but of God, so that she would be vulnerable to attack. Situation Room, my name is Jesse Romero. I've got Dr. Dan Schneider here. Kyle Clement may be joining us a little bit later, but the fact is uh, we just heard a lecture from Father Chad Ripperger, who's an exorcist, and he's the founder of Liber Cristo and also the SMD, a priestly order. <clears throat> and on today's lecture, Father Ripperger was talking about especially how Protestant models became the norm for the deliverance and the way psychology has affected the Catholic Church since Vatican II. So uh, let me go to, to Dr. Dan Schneider here and just uh, start off with a couple of questions I want to ask him. <clears throat> Dr. Dan, historically, modernism, nobody denies that it's infiltrated Catholic higher institutions. It's infiltrated the liturgy. It's infiltrated uh, morality. It's infiltrated our schools. And along with modernism, it's also brought this lack of belief or, or this dis, or this decre decrease in the lack of belief in the diabolical. And uh, without a doubt, we've seen that the diabolical is, is uh, Satanism is increasing around the world, around the country, because human beings, as Father Ripperger said, they're opening up the floodgates. <clears throat> but yet, oftentimes the psychological community, they're trying to just say that all behaviors are in fact psychological and not diabolical. Uh, and uh, Father Ripperger says this started happening right around the 50s and 60s. But without a doubt, as you all know, because you've been involved in this for years, that some behaviors from an energumen uh, are way beyond psychological. Can you tell us a little bit about, about the history of how that infiltration started? Yeah, I think Father kind of gave broad strokes on this. Um, there was a shift. Um, I don't know exactly when it happened, but I know uh, within the last 50 years, 40 years, um, a shift away from explaining, um, viewing the human person 
through the traditional lens of Catholic anthropology, our understanding of man vis-a-vis -vis God, um, being our understanding of being um, metaphysical understanding of self in relation to God. And it's, and it was gradually taken over by popular or, or modern psychology. And so modern psychology really broke from traditional uh, Thomistic anthropology or Thomistic psychology. Um, and in so doing made man separate from his relationship to, to God. And so um, therefore, whenever there is um, any, strange behavior, uh, unexplainable behavior. Um, there was a tendency, even in the church, to, 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 to dismiss it as psychological. So, um, and we see this, um, you know, I remember years going to, years ago, going to diocesan-sponsored retreats, and rather than doing Ignatian discernment or, or uh, um, you know, instead of Ignatian discernment, we were doing the Myers-Briggs. Instead of uh, Theresean prayer, it was you know the, the Carmelite uh, prayer meditation. We were doing um, uh, um, uh, uh, centering prayer, Eastern forms of prayer. So little by little, Father talks about this this collapse of the of the human psychological uh, upon the diabolic, or, and there is no distinction now. Um, and so you know it goes back to to um, I think it was C.S. Lewis. Who said that the, the John Paul II said that the devil's greatest trick is to make you think make you think he doesn't exist. And so C.S. Lewis talks about these two extremes: either he gets us to this to one extreme where we look for the devil everywhere and we're constantly obsessed with the, finding the devil under every rock, versus no, 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 these are just psychological projections of our, our, our of our fallen human nature, etc. And so what Libra Cristo does, Father developed, and we're executing a methodology that helps understand the entire human person um, from a Catholic perspective, a Catholic anthropological perspective, so that we can better discern how many cases uh, are truly diabolic and then how to address those cases. Um, and we have, you know, medical, as you know, we've got medical professionals, mental health professionals on our team that help us to, to ferret this stuff out. Uh, and because it's very important, I've had cases where, um, I mean, before I restarted this protocol, I had cases where, oh my goodness, this is absolute possession. There's no doubt in my mind. And then after we spent hours and hours and hours of work and prayer, what you find out is we just have a person who has mental health problems. There's nothing diabolically, uh, uh, there's no diabolic affliction. The person just has mental health problems. And so um, how many times did we in our own, our own protocol before um, moving into Libra Cristo pray over people who weren't in the state of grace, who had largely psychological problems, um, and it really to no benefit. It really was it was it was it was an act of charity to help them, but it was also an act of a lack of an act of uncharity to try to help them to make them even further convinced that they have diabolic problems when it's just psychological. So so we so what we what we do in our own protocol is is there's methods built in to help us discern the psychological, and before anyone is prayed over. Um, we do ask for uh, a, you know, a, a workup from a psychological professional to make sure, because otherwise I've been there where the demon would just send case after case after case after case. Father mentions DID, um, which yeah, is a major problem. What, yeah. but, um, what's DID and what's the difference between DID and possession? Okay, so every case of possession that when you send them to a secular psychologist, the diagnosis is almost always DID, um, Dissociative Identity Disorder. The DID, and I'm not a medical professional, but I'll tell you what I know from my perspective um, of dealing with cases. DID is, 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 um, is, is um, a person has some sort of traumatic event in their life, and to deal with that traumatic event, they disassociate and identify in a different way. So what this means is rather so that from the psychological perspective, a person receives some traumatic woundedness and rather than deal with seeking psychological and emotional healing, they turn the blame and they, and they blame it on the devil um, and they start projecting voices upon the diabolic or you know, uh, other things uh, in, in, an, in an attempt to disassociate from dealing with the, the psychological or emotional wounding. That's DID. In, in a nutshell, I, I'm sure I butchered yeah. it. According, but, but more or less, but this is what they come. So they come, and it's difficult because we've got cases where people are hearing voices. And, and, 
and have a constant chatter. So how do, so the, there's a way in our methodology through the Recreation to help determine is are these voices just sometimes hearing voices um, are a product of our own psychological projection. We're just we're just wounded, and, and we're we're hearing voices some. Uh, of, of um, med psych meds that we're taking, we're taking psych meds for anxiety or sleeplessness, and those one of the one of the um, the negative effects. If you look at the at, at the, the side effects, is is hearing voices. So, but other times um, it's diabolic, and so part of the thing we try to do is try to ferret that, ferret that out, and and try to determine. It just takes time to determine is this psychological or is this uh, a, a spiritual? The most difficult cases are when it's both. When you have somebody with, say, borderline personality disorder or multiple personalities who have, who have been fractured, particularly through some very serious uh, uh, satanic stuff, um, it becomes very difficult um, for, for exorcists to work you know, because of the deep, deep, deep woundedness. You know, people hear voices. Uh, you know, there's times where people have spent four or five years doing heavy, heavy uh, recreational psychotropic drugs, and now they're hearing voices on a regular basis and they're convinced they're possessed but it's not they've abused their mind through drugs and they have to get healed first before we can even address the the the, the spiritual remember saint thomas aquinas if you recall from our theological studies at steubenville grace heals perfects and elevates nature and so our job is to try to help the healing of that human nature by 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 uh, helping the soul be rid of diabolic influence but if there is no nature if nature is so broken and wounded there's nothing for the for the for grace to grab onto per se there's very little for grace to grab onto so it's very important that we work on the psychological help uh as well and, and we're constantly running uh through through our team running it through psychological professionals mental health professionals saying hey i got this i got this what's going on you know how do you tell the difference you know that sort of thing. It's very important. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're not helping people. You're actually making it worse because they're convinced they're possessed and they're getting prayed over week after week after week. Uh, and you can develop psychological obsessions that turn into a psychological or spiritual oppressions for them. And then you enter the diabolic into their life. Does that make that's, sense? Yep. Yep. That's why, Dr. Dan, that's why uh, Liber Curso has developed this, this medical parallel, we call the protocol, because it works because this way you're able to ferret out uh, the difference between somebody who's uh, you know diabolically afflicted or somebody who just has psychological problems but let me go back to some of the things that father ripperger said in the beginning okay he says spiritual warfare is precision and specificity is the key what does that mean yeah precision like in any warfare is key so knowing exactly what you're dealing with um, exactly where the entry point was um, for the diabolic that's influencing the person that has come to the church for help um, will help um, in, in bringing it out. Our intentions are not enough. It is not enough to say, well, I really, in, in natural warfare, I really wanted to hit that tank with the tow missile, um, but, but I intended to. So God's going to direct it and, and make all things work out. No, and, and warfare, precision is everything. You must acquire your target. You must be disciplined in acquiring the target. You must, you know, and, and be precise in your prayers on what you're asking for, because the demon responds to that. Father had said three things indicate how the demon is going to re how, how the diabolic works in our lives. One is two are internal. One is the, the consistency, uh, a, a certain uh, a rigid consistency based on that natural law structure. What this angel was created for um um before its fall the demon would now militate against that it's part it's part of what thomas described you know talks about in, in the fall of the angels how they keep their they keep their they keep their mission but it now becomes distorted and so in the second interior their will let, is let me jump fixed. in let me jump in there it, it would be like i've heard it said that uh the devil's called the uh the god of this world or the ruler of this world and I've heard that tradition says that the devil, his assignment was as Lucifer to protect the earth, to protect this world. And this, this is why now John the Apostle and Paul call him the God of this world, the prince of this world, the, uh, the, uh, yeah, the God of this with well, the lowercase g. So uh, his, yeah, his, yeah. he's mission specific, but now instead of protecting this world, he's called to destroy this world or destroy the people in the world. That's what you're talking about right there, that angels keep their mission but it's just inverted now right right so when an angel falls his will is fixed so for you and i um we can make mistakes 
because of the nature of the, the interface of flesh and, and will and intellect and the fallenness of our nature, we can make mistakes and repent. As long as we're on this side of eternity, we can always repent and God will honor that repentance. Um, for an angel, their will is fixed. They are pure intellects. They, don't, they, don't, they do not have the fallen filter of flesh or, you know, that slows down their understanding. They are pure intellects. So when an angel is given his beatific vision, an angel is created, has a vision of God. He receives his mission vis-a-vis uh, Christ, the incarnation, and therefore the church and the Virgin Mary. But he sees his vision, what, I mean, what his mission will be within the incarnation, God's plan of salvation, and accepts or rejects that plan. Well, ultimately, Lucifer, his the words we see from the prophets, typologically reading um, the Prince of Tyre, I believe it's in Isaiah, non-servium. I will not serve a God that takes a form lower than me, the God, a God that will take on the form of an incarnate human, um, far a creature far below this highest of angels, Lucifer, and in that I will not serve. Um, the some of the fathers of the church speculate that a third of the angels fell with him, taking an equal. Again, this is theological speculation, but by doctors, you know, such as Bonaventure and Thomas, uh, learned men of the church, um, that a third of each of those choirs fell to the earth. And now their will is fixed. They cannot return, but they live they live in a state of constant um, anxiety, sadness, despair, anger, envy against humanity, against Christ, the church, the Virgin Mary, but also militate in a disordered way against that which for which they were created. So if an angel was created to for liturgy, if this, this is from a choir of angels that is liturgical in its purpose, then it now militates against right liturgy. Or in extreme cases, we see um, paraliturgies um, uh, among satanic worship, et cetera, and other, other false worships, Freemasonry, et cetera. So we see now as a fallen angel, they now militate against that which they were created. So those angels created to protect holy priest and priesthood and consecrated virginity now militate against that very thing to which they were created. Dan, real quick, uh, the goal of spiritual warfare, Father Ripperger says, is to get information from the demon in order to drive them out. Flesh that out a bit. Yeah, because oftentimes um, there, there, there's always a holding point. There's a, a phrase that we use, the demon enters through sin but holds through heresy. So oftentimes you'll find an intellectual component, something in the mind of the person that, that some, some willful disobedience to the teachings of the church. You know, I've heard so many things. Um, I can bless my own holy water. I don't have to confess my sins to a priest. Um, you know, I don't believe I, – I don't have to go to I – don't, I, I, I don't really – Sundays, I work on Sundays – so I don't have to go to work mass on Sunday, but I go on Thursdays, and that's good enough because God, God, God understands that I have to work on Sunday. These are all, you know, these are all have some form of, of, of heresy in them, or a heresy that says is very, very common. Um, God's not, God doesn't love me. I'm not lovable. Uh, um, you know, that's against the teachings of the church. We're all beloved children of God, and getting a person to understand their their identity as a beloved child of God. So understanding, and, and so um, that's one aspect. The other aspect is in the will, the intellect. That's why we separate repentance from metanoia the person comes to us because they're making they have a, a, some compunction of sorrow for their past they want liberation they want to be freed of diabolic influence and i hear the music at some point metanoia. Let's, okay let's uh, hold that hold that thought you're listening to liber crystal war college situation room dr den des romero we'll be right back talking about uh modernist infiltration into deliverance This is Father Ripperger, Superior of the Society of the Most Sorrowful Mother and Spiritual Director of Libra Cristo. I would like to take this opportunity to invite you to the second annual Libra Cristo Conference held July 27th through the 29th. This year's conference will be online due to the COVID-19 outbreak. The format for this year's conference will be as follows. A general morning session followed by afternoon tracks specific for priests, professionals, and laity. The priest track in the afternoon will be for priests only, and the other tracks will be broadcast live, one after the other, so participants can view multiple tracks. At this year's conference, 
will also introduce the new Libra Christo Review Panel. In developing our mission to serve those in spiritual need by determining the presence of extraordinary diabolic activity and developing Catholic methodologies to address that activity, Libra Christo has developed a medical and psychological review panel that would be available to evaluate and determine possible natural causes of presenting symptoms all through Thomistic Lens. I hope you're able to join us for this second annual Libra Christo Conference. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Situation Room, War College, the Hour of Power. We got Dr. Dan Schneider. We just listened to a lecture from Father Chad Ripperger, <clears throat> essentially on the um, on the modernist infiltration, even into Catholic deliverance in the last 40 or 50 years. And and uh, I'm just picking Dr. Dan's brains regarding some of the things that Father Ripperger says. Father, uh, Dr. Dan is an instructor at the Liber Cristo Institute. Dan, how do demons attack the authority's structure? Um, h- how do they undermine it? I guess first define the authority structure. How do demons attack the authority structure? And then uh, also, what can lay people and priests do and cannot do? A lot there. I, I know. I know. Through through a lot at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me finish my last thought. Okay. Okay. Yeah, finish let me your finish last thought first. So, so repentance is a is is a movement of the intellect to seek change, um, but metanoia is. Uh, um, um, uh, metanoia is a turning it's 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 a changing of the mind you know, be transformed by the renewal of your mind this is the word that jesus used repenting to believe in the gospel so there's a belief element but also a men an inner an inward will for turning and and how that plays out in terms of precision in the last section we talked about precision mm-hmm. if the demon will hold in heretical points in the intellect but the demon will also hold and wherever there's vice and so if you have if you're dealing with the if you if you determine that this particular uh, diabolic influence, familial spirit, generational spirit, or whatever, um, that, that is afflicting this person or this family, is say a spirit of lust, it's some disorder sexuality, then you must militate against it with the corresponding virtue, chastity, purity, abstinence. Uh, if, it's a, if it's a demon of gluttony, temperance, sobriety, fasting, if it's a demon of greed, uh, uh, generosity, benevolence, charity, etc. If it's sloth, um, you know, diligence, fortitude, and zeal. So there's really the two twofold aspects of being very precise and and how we're attacking it. But it's not the demon will respond to the to to two things um, almost equally to what the demon respond to in terms of prayer and authority. And this will segue into the section on authority. The diabolic forces will respond to the discipline of prayer. So as much as it will to the prayer themselves. So this is why in, the, in our Libra Cristo protocol, there's 30 days of set prayers and a real spiritual fasting, a pulling back from the, the things penitent. of this world. Right, for the, the, pe- the, the penitent. Yeah, for the person who comes to the church and asks for help. And so this person comes and asks for help, but all they mostly want at this point is just freedom from you know, affliction. They want to be able to sleep. They want the voices to stop, et cetera. But what has to happen, there must be a habitual formation. There must be a habitual life of prayer, at least the seeds of those, um, because otherwise the demon will respond to the prayer. But if the soul is not prepared to continue in a state of grace, the diabolic and Jesus himself says, comes back with a sevenfold vengeance. 
So, so um, there must be a, a program and, and part of phase two of our protocol, one, we establish phase one, we establish a ritual, a prayer, a regimen of prayer, um, monastic type based prayer. And then the second phase, we're really identifying those areas of vice where the diabolic is holding. Um, and so that we can start to show people how to militate against it with the corresponding virtue. So the demon responds to the discipline of prayer. It responds to the basic things that we've been doing as a Catholic people for, for centuries um, from the beginning. Let but me, the demon also Dr. responds yeah, me, to authority. And Go ahead. Let me stop you there. So phase one for the penitent, the person that's coming to the church saying, I've got problems. I think that I may be diabolically afflicted. There's a 30-day prayer protocol because again we want to bring them back into a life of prayer so this phase two now you're saying now the prayer continues but now they're also entering into a time of catechesis correct where they're being exactly. formed in the catholic faith there's actually, there's actually parishes using the freedom through christ which is our companion uh um organization with the Cristo. they're actually using freedom through christ as a catechetical tool i've had priests using this reporting using it for pre-marriage prep because it involves two elements. One, remember we talked about the intellect and the will. The intellect is where repentance begins. You begin to think, man, I, I got to change. I, I can't live like this any further. You know, um, uh, I, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, this is this is the prodigal son who's living in the slime, and you know, with the pig saying, ah, I, I, I'm living like a pig. I have to stop. But metanoia is a deep, willful turning back to God to say, I will do whatever I have to do to become free. But part of that is so you've got a willful which means you mortify your senses and begin entering into a discipline of prayer, but also intellectual. You must begin to start understanding metanoia, the noose, the Greek word for noose, that's the, the intellect. The, the, I think this is why some of our Eastern Orthodox icons, you see this huge forehead, because to them, the intellect, the fully developed intellect shows a fully mature man. So this trans being renewed in the mind, a changing and after thinking and renewed thinking must take place. And, and that is catechesis. There must be, because the demon will hide behind that. For example, very practical. I'm sitting with a case, a young woman in her 30s, diabolically afflicted. Okay, what's going on? This and this and this. Okay, um, do you, uh, you know, you have two kids, you're 30 years old, do you contracept? Well, I did for many years, but then I stopped. Great. I'm glad she said, I realized it was wrong. Good. Have you confessed it? No, I guess I never realized it. So you see the mind and the intellect, the intellect must work with the will and re-engage through the sacraments because the demon's going to hold wherever there's mortal sin in particular, the demon will hold there. And so the demon responds to that. It responds to that, that structure of discipline and catechesis, the renewal of the mind. But tying into the second question that you brought up is the authority the demon is bound by natural law in response to the authority structure that God has established the, for us and for the angels to work within. And so the, the, the demon will respond within that um, by natural law. What rights, what, what, what rights and authority do you have as a, as a married man and a father over your temporal goods, over your, your wife and your children? Uh, over the next course of several weeks on this program, we're kind of we're going to parse that out even further um, on on how the authority lines break down. But the bottom lineup for this for this this episode here is the demon responds to the discipline of prayer. Um, you must root out vices. That's the precision. That's the smart bomb that's going into the box that goes into the bunker because where there is this vice, you must you must develop this virtue to, to militate against it. And and what do we call all this? Just growing in holiness, growing in holiness and, and, and growing in holiness and the sacramental life. And you're not going to grow in holiness apart from the sacraments of the church, Dan, apart from confession. Yeah. And this is what this is the difference between a lot of models in the country. And I say that because a lot of people that may be diabolically afflicted, they're in pain. So they search either Protestant or Catholic deliverance ministries. And they say, yeah, they meet here on Wednesday nights. They pray over people and they cast out demons. And so the person that's afflicted is saying, man, I don't want to have this pain any longer. I want to get rid of this pain. It's too much for me to bear. And so they'll go on Wednesday night to this Pentecostal or there's this, this Catholic deliverance group that they mean well. 
But all they're doing, there's no preparation. They don't know who the person is from Adam, number one. They don't know if the person's in a mortal, mortal sin or, or in a state of grace, number two. They don't know if the person even has a relationship with God or is pursuing a life of holiness. Uh, and so they're just basically, oh, yeah, I'm hearing voices, and they give a series of their problems. No problem. Sit in this chair right here. We'll get a bunch of people around, and they start blasting the person with prayer. Now, the person may get some emotional relief, may feel better because they are praying in Jesus' name, and there is power in the name of Jesus. But the fact is, if the, the person's soul hasn't been prepared with this monastic you know, a life of prayer with, with returning to the sacraments and living in a state of grace. And so as soon as they walk out, a couple of hours, a couple of days later, the demon's going to come right back and retaliate against them saying, why did you call the, that group of people, uh, you know, uh, to beat me up? Guess what? They're gone now. I'm going to take it out on you. That's, that's kind of a crude way of explaining the, the retaliation because if the person's not prepared through, again, the, like as Father Ripperger says, through this liber crystal protocol, which is moving the person to holiness. Because right. wh when you move a person to holiness, you're weakening the whole of the diabolical, and it's going to be that much easier for a priest or even for a person to self-deliver, correct? Right. Without Ultimately, um, for as, as if, if you want to be as free as possible from the diabolic, um, it's it's it comes down to this purity of thought word indeed purity of thought word indeed and so one of the things we have to do is and you and i've talked about this many times is is we have to we have to instruct people on how to tell the clean from the unclean what is clean behavior what is clean sexuality um you know most catholics practice a sexuality that would make a 17th century pagan blush you know um, we, we have to really police up our sexuality, our interior lives. We have to police up our language, um, the way we speak of others, the way we, the way we conduct ourselves, comport ourselves with others. We we have to grow in purity of thought, word, and deed. Ultimately, this is what the Libra Cristo and Freedom Through Christ method does. It helps lead the soul to holiness. And there is no, I mean, let's face it, there is no true, from a Catholic perspective, um, something ontologically happens at, at baptism, that something inside the soul changes. And something happens in a sacramental confession that is deficient in a public confession or where you and I just have some man's fellowship and I confess my, my weaknesses or my failings to you. That's not a sacramental confession. Through the hands of the priest, the sacramental confession, not only does – through the sacraments, sacramental theology, the sacraments do what they, what they purport to do, what Christ says they do. They confirm the power of Christ, Christ, and they impart grace. Grace is divine life. And so the sacraments, not only do they bring the remission of that sin, but they also give us um, the strength to, to – it loosens that hold over that particular vice in the soul. This is why it's absolutely critical that we do this. So in academia, academia, we distinguish between, say, methodology and methods. What do I mean? A methodology is overarching. Um, this is the, the, the horizontal movement. And so as, as Catholic seminaries and Catholic theology moved towards a more psychological model, Pentecostalism started picking up um, a methodology of deliverance and liberation. And so, and it was fairly effective. And therefore, Catholics were going over to these tent revivals and other places for liberation. Because when you're hurt and suffering, you'll go anywhere. Dan, um, I want you so, to pick up on that. I want you to get uh, into that on the next topic of uh, this, uh, basically, this uh, pastoral problem of Protestant practice. This is Father Ripperger, Superior of the Society of the Most Sorrowful Mother. I would like to take this opportunity to invite priests to attend a comprehensive practical training program for those seeking practical and functional formation in the ministry of healing, deliverance, and exorcism according to Catholic principles and norms. This program will be offered on a very limited basis in 2020 and consists of two component programs. There is the academic program, which consists of five days, Monday through Friday, of instruction designed to equip the priest with the knowledge necessary to address cases of suspected 
extraordinary diabolic activity in a methodical and systematic way in order to properly distinguish and diagnose not only the presence or absence of various diabolic activities, as well as classify the severity, but also to determine appropriate responses and treatments. Topics include, among others, the six forms of diabolic influence, a systematic presentation of Title 12 of the 1962 Rituale Romanum, which includes the rite of solemn exorcism, psychological and demonic interface, and how to distinguish them, as well as diagnosis protocols and procedures. The second component is a practicum program, consists of five days, Monday through Friday, of attending working sessions with an exorcist, in which the priest will assist and observe the exorcist in actual sessions. Through this practicum program, the priest will participate firsthand in the ministry of exorcism, as well as aspects of minor exorcism. For those priests who need the training and are being requested to work in the area of exorcism by their bishop, I hope they are able to join us. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. At the Liber Crystal War College, talking about all things spiritual warfare. Hey, today's gospel reading at Holy Mass was Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 to 28. And here we see a, a, a Canaanite woman who asked the Lord to drive out uh, the demon from his daughter. And uh, here we see, that's basically deprecatory prayer. This Greek woman went to Jesus and asked him to drive out the demon from her daughter. And... Uh, our Lord says, yes, uh, uh, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. So here's an example of a mother driving out a demon through her personal holiness and deprecatory prayers for her children, her daughter. She's asking Jesus. Notice she's not going and raising her right hand over her daughter's head and saying, I command you to leave my daughter. I order you right now to leave. That would have been outside of her lane of authority. Today's gospel perfectly demonstrates what we're trying to teach at Liber Christo to lay people, the power of deprecatory prayer, going to Jesus, going to Our Lady, going to the angels and saints, and having them drive out the demon based on your supplication, but also based on your personal holiness, because this, uh, this Canaanite woman, the Bible says she was a woman of great faith. Dan, uh, let's let's pick it up uh, where you were talking about this. The fact that a lot of Catholics they want to get healed. There's something going on uh, spiritually, and uh, they don't know where to go because they're not properly formed. So they don't go to the sacraments, realizing that it's the sacraments that heal and living in the state of grace. So they're running around from one group to another. What's the dangers with that? What, wh how, why is that dangerous? Well, first, there's, you know, uh, as I was distinguishing before, methodology and methods or methodology and modes, what you would you would aptly call SWAT, right? Yep. Uh, strategic weapons and tactics. That's so right. so we, we share a certain methodology with with Pentecostal models, which is um, the the invocation, um, the presence of the church. Now, we would define church differently. Um, whereas two or where, where a Protestant model would say where two or three are gathered, there is a church. Right. Well, we know that. Through a developed ecclesiology, um, uh, even in the first century, we see the writings of Ignatius of Antioch, early second century, where the bishop is, there is the Catholic Church. So, so, but the, the overarching is to try to help souls be freed from, from diabolic affliction. But where there's a major difference is we're not just trying to break the soul, the, the grip of the diabolic on the person to free them from this in as much as we're freeing them from this, yes, but for life in Christ. And there is no deep, from a Catholic perspective, life in Christ comes through a sacramental intimacy and union with Christ. Through the sacraments, they're the ordinary means of our salvation, according to, to, the, to the catechism. 
in terms of methods or modes or tactics, um, you know, the difference is, of course, the name of Jesus. We use sacramentals. We understand the importance of the Virgin Mary. We have some departure there, and particularly in an authority and where lay people should or should not be involved for the protection of the, of the, of the practitioner as well. Um, if you look even at today's gospel reading, that the apostle says she wasn't even calling to Jesus. She said, send the, the, the disciples came and said, send her away for she keeps calling after us. So she's, she, she was, um, have pity me, Lord, son of David, my daughter's tormented by a demon. She goes through the church to Christ, Christ to the soul. So it's the faith of the mother. It's the authority of the mother, right, who goes through the church and in union with the authority of the church, Christ now speaks, delivers, the soul is set free. You see, that's the, that is the, the mode, if you will, the tactics. This is the strategy that or the the, 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 the weapons of combat that we use, we see, we see parental authority. We see, we see, uh, um, there's a whole lot of stuff that could be unpacked there, but we see the intercession of the church. And even here in the case, the disciples saying, get rid of her. And how, and, and I know that there's a lot of, of pastors and priests and bishops that are like, Ooh, no, 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 no. We don't want to deal with these people. Um, but ultimately, what you have aptly pointed out many times from the Gospel of John, the, the Son of God was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. And this is part and parcel of the, of the work of the church. Um, if, that, if that kind of answers the question that we were – is that, that answer? I yeah. forget the last yeah. question you had asked. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that, that's, that's certainly answered. Let me ask you, uh, Dan, specifically going back to what Father Ripper, towards the end of this lecture – he, he had mentioned, and I want you to kind of flesh this out a little bit. He says that if, if, uh, that if you don't have a sense of that structure, you're likely to get retaliated against. Uh, and he talks about, again, demons know if someone steps outside the authority structure that God has established, and that makes a person vulnerable. Then I remember he gave the lecture last week. He says this is exactly what the demon tried to do to Eve, to get her to step out from underneath the authority structure of her husband, and she did. And so she became vulnerable to the diabolical attack. Can uh, right. it, tell us a little bit about the Adam and Eve construct and the fact that that's precisely why she was attacked because she came out from underneath that authority structure. Right. Two things really take place. One is she falls out from the protection of the authority of God when she violates the commandments of God. Um, so in choosing to 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 dialogue with the serpent, uh, to 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 break God's uh, commandment not to eat of this particular tree, she no longer has the protection of 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 divine protection, protection of God, because she's now outside of divine authority because she's she's committed this grave sin. So whenever we commit a grave sin, even if we're completely rightly ordered in the rest of our lives we we fall we, we no longer have that protection and we're vulnerable to the demon the father's also referring to how eve um as well when she when she steps outside of the protection of her husband and usurps his authority and commits this sin this act without her husband's consent uh, it could be argued that it was his his consent was there, but when she steps outside of his authority and does not let him step in um, and and defend her, then that authority structure breaks down. And we see that we see this response in in, in all of us. Um, we see the response to to, to God's voice. The the Eve Eve's response is he tricked me. I'm sorry, I was I was stupid and he tricked me. Adam's response was it's her fault. It's not my fault. Constantly blaming that that response is either I'm so stupid, I'm sorry, I messed up, or it's not my fault. It's this woman you gave me. Um, either way, the authority structure is now broken, and now and now Eve has stepped over the authority and protection. Her father makes this point very very clear. Authority isn't to subject us; it is for our protection. We work under the bishop's authority for our protection. A wife stays under the authority of her husband for her safety and protection, to protect her honor, protect her physically and spiritually. And so whenever there's a disorder in that, the demon smells the disorder and now finds a way to penetrate into that particular relationship. Whether it's a husband and a wife or a priest 
who, who has a real disordered uh, uh, relationship with his bishop or religious with her, her, his or her superior. Because as soon as, as soon as the usurpation of authority enters in, that, that sends a little flag, if you will. It sends a little warning signal up that this particular vocation, this particular person is vulnerable because they're outside of the natural law authority protection. If that makes sense. Yeah. Dr. Dan, uh, Father Ripperger said that if an exorcist does not know how demons function or how a person functions, a human person, it's not going to turn out well for him. What's the basic thing that an exorcist needs to know about how a demon functions and how the human person functions? I think one of the big things uh, uh, is understanding natural law and authority, understanding the priestly line of authority, not getting outside of his own bounds, working within the authority of his bishop, staying in communication with his bishop and getting the mandated authority, at least to pray certain deliverance, exorcism prayers, simple exorcism prayers at a minimum and doing those with the authority of the bishop is a big one. And also understanding how grace flows into a relationship. If you've got a, if you have a woman who is afflicted, for example, in most of our cases, for various reasons, it's, 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 even though my, uh, the last, 60 days since the COVID, most of our cases have become our men, ironically. But for the last five years, I can tell you 90% of the cases are women for various reasons, vulnerability, honesty. I don't know. Um, it's a lot of speculation. But if a woman comes for help and the husband is not as derelict in his own duties as authority in this home, the priest needs to know to bring the husband in because grace will flow. The grace of healing and deliverance is going to flow also through the husband, through his engagement. Oftentimes we get cases, most of the time there's cases where the, there's a man is absent either physically or spiritually and getting the man to engage can clean up 80 to 90% of the spiritual things that are afflicting the home, the wife, the children, etc. So getting that authority structure so grace can begin to flow back through the sacrament with which they are oriented, oriented to God, whether it's the sacrament of marriage, the sacrament of, 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 of the priesthood, holy priesthood. And, and and understanding that's where the grace grace will flow. Dr. Dan, and, I got a so, question. You use okay. this term. A lot of people are asking, what does Dr. Dan mean by fractured thoughts? He's always using that term. Define fractured thoughts for the audience. Well, a fracturing is a, is a separation. So so when, when we're talking about a, a, a fracturing in the interior life, where, where when you have when you have a deeply wounded psychological and therefore emotional state because of some memory that the demon remember the demon has access to our memories the, the locus of the memory is the body so the demon has access to the memories and can now project those memories and what he can do is fracture the inner self from from our own thoughts so we can no longer distinguish between diabolic projections which are emotionally charged memories or memories that have emotional charges behind them that stir up the inner self and our own and our own thoughts, our own intellectual thoughts, our own prayers. And so we're, we have an interior fracturing. And so the demon works within that, in that fissure, he can, he can enter in and now project to us thoughts. He can project emotions to us and he can really just like a, like a marionette or a puppet on the string begin to manipulate manipulate us and so therefore it's extremely important that catholics develop custody of the intellect and how do we get custody of the intellect we have to have discipline on what we let enter into the mind and therefore meditative meditation and meditative prayer lexio divina and rosary are extremely important Teresa of avila doctor of the church said there's never a time that a, that one of her daughters should not practice mental prayer and vocal prayer because this is the this helps develop this is a foundation for having a, a solid balanced interior life and an intellect that you know this is not my stuff this is somebody else's junk getting projected to me so you have you have that discernment interiorly that you know no 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 this is not of god this is not for me this is a diabolic projection got it i'm pushing dr schneider i hear the music thank you for joining us at liber crystal war college presented by the liber crystal foundation our goal is to reconcile the people with God the Father through the sacraments of the church. For more information, go to libercrystal.org. Signing off for the battlefront, I'm Jesse Romero with Dr. Schneider. Get holy or die trying. If you like this program, if you like what you hear, then like us, hit the subscribe button, and share this show with others. See you next, next, next Christ Times, next Christ Channel.
And uh, God bless you. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great High Priest, may the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.